At the same time, I do have a feeling. I just sensed it in my bones that this potato salad did contain raisins. So maybe <laughs> it was for the best. Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. This season, we're getting whelmed for DC's greatest sidekicks and covering every episode of Young Justice on... Yeah, another DC animated podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC animated podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codenamed Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codenamed Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year that Resident Evil 1 dropped with some of the infamously worst voice acting, dialogue, (laughs) and somewhat performances in history. The famous lines include, That was too close. You were almost a Jill sandwich. Jill, here's a lockpick. It might be handy if you, the master of unlocking, take it with you. And I'm going to find out what caused Forrest's death. It looks like he was killed by a crow or something. This is exactly why they're called voiceover artists and not just voice <laughs> people. <laughs> because what the hell? <laughs> that is some bad dialogue. And delivery. They, uh, they, uh, apparently, if you're interested in knowing, apparently... The translation issues, there were a lot of translation issues. That's why the dialogue sounded so stilted. If you always wondered, was that on purpose? No, no, just the resources weren't there at the time. All right, so it's up there. It's up there in my list of bad translations. Um, I think top will always go to Dragon Ball Super for um, that scene with, uh, this might be a spoiler for anyone who might, might not have seen it, but this scene has been memed so many times where Trunks calls out after Goku's getting shot at that, like, stop shooting. This man is not black. <laughs> for context, there was a black Goku, but not actually like an actual black Goku. It was just an evil Goku. That's a whole lot to unpack for another yeah. podcast. <laughs> I mean, somebody called him Goku Black, so they, uh, <laughs> hmm. Was that the only choice? I think not. (laughs) But with all that said, we do have to give a lot of respect to these voiceover artists who are doing some great work, especially as we talk about some of the artists today, as we are covering this special audio play episode that was performed in the 2020 DC fandom. This was the first DC fandom that was put together. Uh, This was during the time We'll take you back the last. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You're right. I don't, there's not, there hasn't been one announced for this year. So it's definitely not happening. (laughs) Was he, was there even one last year? I just, no, there wasn't. (laughs) There wasn't. So we covered it one time on this podcast. We covered the last time it ever happened. Two years strong. (laughs) What a strong legacy. Oh, man. <laughs> right so, on par with the, the last thing. <laughs> Did it last longer than the Confederacy, though? Let's check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, DC Fandom, a special, special occasion because I guess I, I'm like trying to remember the context of it. It came up because of COVID. Um, it was the first year of COVID. Comic-Cons were canceled worldwide. So DC was just like, we have a slate of stuff that we want to share. 
Uh, it will then be, I don't know how many more years later till we actually get all this stuff. I think that was the first DC fandom where we found out about Aquaman and the, the Aquaman sequel that is finally coming out. <laughs> um, also, the Flash movie that we just had the shots for and then it turned into somehow that movie. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, because we didn't have Comic Cons to go to, uh, this was DC's answer to making sure that fans knew what to expect from DC live action and, of course, animation in particular. Uh, because at this point, this is when Young Justice had just wrapped up his third season of Outsiders on DC Universe. Uh, actually, I think DC fandom had a longer tenure than DC Universe, now that I'm thinking <laughs> about it. Um, so while they were, while they finished that up, um, it was announced during that time that Young Justice was coming back, uh, was under the, the, uh, under the understanding that it was going to be on DC Universe. Uh, so as a teaser for what to expect with season four we got this audio play it's about 30 minutes long it's like a full episode it's not animated whatsoever but it does give us a behind the scenes or behind the animation look of what is it like to be a voice actor who is doing um is this quite like a table read i'm i know that you've participated and have hosted your own table reads in the past Andrew. is this kind of like that uh it it's a step before I, I compare it more to a stage reading because yeah. they seem to be very familiar with the mm. material. Typically with a table read, it will probably be the first time they're encountering the material, but they seemed pretty prepared, um, which was great to hear because they did have a, some time to play around with some of the lines and, you know, prepare how they were going to deliver things. All right, cool. Learn something new every day here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, this episode we got a chance to see all the art um voiceover artists play this role in this episode that was called The Prize. Uh the timing of the episode was on February 23rd. It took place all in one, it seems like all in one afternoon. <laughs> um, and I don't have a fun episode title for this one. Uh I guess we could just say though that like because we're sharing this bonus episode with y'all, that is the prize itself. <laughs> ah, very um, deep, deep metaphors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> we try, we try. <laughs> <laughs> um, but joining us on that cast list, we had a moderator who was um working with the the cast to share what was going on, ask questions. I am sorry, I do not remember his name that was there that was moderating. <laughs> but we do have the full cast list that was present, as we have Denise Boutet, who is returning as Ra- Raquel Irvin a.k.a. Rocket, who is now a Justice League member who has been for the last couple of seasons. Uh, Crispin Freeman, who is the entire Roy gang. <laughs> like, it was impressive to, to watch him do this, plus also voice the character Captain Boomerang. Yeah, uh, we should also mention that uh, we do see the voice actors the whole time mm-hmm. on camera as they're performing. So we do get to see them really... We get to see all their micro-expressions, you know? Uh, fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, this is going to be a long time before I not hear that phrase ever again. Isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we got Stephanie Lamellon, uh, who is Artemis on our show. And she's also the voice of the computer telling us, you know, when people are entering and exiting the Zeta tube. Uh, Danica McKellar is M- McGann or Miss Martian. She's also Tuppet's Terror. Uh, Nolan North is Connor Kent. 
Monsieur Mala, which was really interesting to see how that was performed. <laughs> and um, Harlan Matthews, who is a kind of brand new character created for this series, or we'll find out more about him soon. I have an actual thought about that, the naming of this person, to be honest, <laughs> but we'll okay. talk about that. Uh, Carrie Payton, he is voicing Black Manta, Aquaman, Brick, Amistad Irvin, and random other characters. But those are the big four that he is doing, even including as Amistad pointing out when people have babies and when they don't. <laughs> uh, Jason Spizak, which I learned is the proper pronunciation of that last <laughs> name. He is voicing Forager in Gossip. It was a pretty cool way to the storytelling, which we'll talk about um, what he did there. And then wrapping it up, we have Greg Weissman, who is Lucas Carr. Um, and finally, in his, I'm assuming because I've been looking it up and I can't find anything, in his voice acting debut, uh, Brandon Vietti, the other half, the co-executive producer of Young Justice, says a few lines as the warden of Velrev Economos. Oh, John Economos. Ah. <laughs> Uh, that's oh, that's the most bit different. Bit yeah, different very the character. different. <laughs> very different. I was like, why can't I was like, why do I know that name? <laughs> All right. So now that our cast list is set, um, let's data tube over to the beginning of the prize. So we find out pretty quickly that the gang is getting together for um McGann and Connor are doing a big move out somewhere, big trip. So they're going to have a barbecue and they invite the original nine or they should say eight in honor of Kid Flash to come and they make excuses. But honestly, they were just trying to save money on food, which, look, I respect not everybody can come to the cookout. All right. It's fine. You can't invite the whole team. But we do find that Dick is doing some undercover stuff, as always. And Zatanna is busy training some new apprentices. So. We're just eagerly awaiting for everyone to arrive. And I do like that as the next crop of people arrive, Leanne, um, the young (laughs) baby, is recognized for this boom tube. (laughs) Yes. uh, Learning here that if you have an A designation in front of your name when entering the boom tube, that means you are a non-participating superhero, part of the superhero family. You are a civilian. So this is kind of cool to see that uh, she's here. We also find out that Forger is supposed to be babysitting or rather larva sitting, as he wants to call it, because they are not babies for Amistad and Leanne. Um, And they do play around, too, with like, as you mentioned, with uh, Dick not being there and a couple other characters such as Violet not being present. So the way they got around to say that, like, certain people couldn't be present for this panel was to say either they're on missions or for like Leanne in particular, who has a voice actress, uh, saying that she's not in the mood to actually speak. So <laughs> that's why we won't hear from her, whether it be just like little squeals and giggles. Um, but she enters through the boom tube with Artemis and Will. And this is when Forager kind of gets some more information. Uh, Will in particular shares that he's thankful to be at a party because he could finally get away from a very boring mission that Roy, Jim, and the new guy is ha- are, ha- are handling for Bow Hunter security, the security that's always on point. Yes, you know, the way to my heart is to get the Roys together, and mm-hmm. this is ideal. And we 
learn a little bit more. It's the usual suspects on Bowen and Security, just very different flavors of Roy, essentially. And we do also hear that uh, this new guy, Harlan, is also on the detail. We don't know much about him, just that he is here helping guarding some Wayne Tech <laughs> tech. Uh, you know, redundant chai tea. It's <laughs> like saying TT. Um, and yeah, it's a cool little detail. All the sounds that you would expect here are here. Uh, so, boom tube sounds, um, the sounds of different location designations are here. Forager's actor is even doing the uh, forager noises. So, you're hearing a lot uh, about him. And Harlan, as we're learning a little bit more, he just says, you know, I was into some rough stuff. I'm trying to start a clean slate, and this boring job is a perfect way to do it. Unfortunately, job gets a little less boring when Bricks shows up with the Suicide Squad in tow. And <laughs> speaking of prize, Black Manta is here to claim his prize. Uh, so now that we've kind of set up the scenario what's going on, we hop back over to where everybody's having the barbecue. Calderon arrives. Lucas is just running around because apparently he is burning everything. Um, even though he and in what they do in this in this um audio play is that Lucas Carr is supposed to be the narrator for telling everybody what's going on, but Forger ends up taking over the position because Lucas cannot stop burning food, which everybody knows is a no-no at any barbecue that you ever go to. Um, he also forgot the vegetarian alternatives for Raquel and her son. Uh, this is my man. Like, y- you should have made the list at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he did not check it twice. Nope. Um, so Forger takes back the narration. And this is where we get a chance to hear that about more about this trip that Connor and McGann are about to go on. They say that they're going to be leaving soon for something that they should have been done. They, they should have done a long time coming, which everybody's in agreement with. And that they're also going to be traveling with John and um, Beast Boy, as well as Bioship. So it's already like this is a going away party for them. And this is where the crowd, the group just shares like, hey, yeah, we're happy for you. Everything's going well. But things are stirring back over in Star City because while the Bowhunter security are watching over this Wayne tech, they get attacked by a boomerang, knocking them off of their, off their feet. And it's really cool to see, too, just uh, seeing how each person interacts with, like, what is in the actual explosion coming at them because they actually imitate that movement of just, like, and putting their hands up, trying to guard their bodies. And it's really cool to see the level of work and detail that they're putting in just to pull off these voices and these mannerisms and these actions. Yeah, I agree. It's It must be easy for them to, like, get into that character when they're actually, like, tossing themselves across the room. <laughs> And um, it really helped, too, because especially since uh, Monsieur Mala came through with a Gatling gun. Um, <laughs> it's, this is exactly why Superboy does not like monkeys, even though I think monkeys and gorillas are not the same. But that's besides the point. Um, Roy starts to return fire. Um, this leads into a big battle. But then this is when they realize that they're outnumbered. So the best thing for them to do is to tell Harlan to cut loose unsure quite yet what this means because while everybody's trying to figure out who's the real threat this is when black manta enters hitting roy captain boomerang surrounds harlan with these like boomerangs that when they activate they like somehow suck all the moisture 
out of his body. And Nolan North, who is the voice <laughs> of this character, takes the time to make the appropriate sounds as if someone was being slurped of all of their, uh, this sounds so weird, bodily juices. <laughs> <laughs> and not in a fun way. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I do like, yeah, the cast members were cheering him on the whole time. <laughs> So it was really fun to to watch as they're like, oh, yeah, they like no, what Nolan's doing. And in an instant, Harlan becomes rough, hoarse, and irritating because he's sand. And everybody else gets knocked out. So as this dust is sucked up in a vacuum, I hope Dyson quality at least put some respect on Harlan's name. <laughs> um, we cut back to the party where another tragedy is happening the potato salad is being put into the punch bowl. Now, at the same time, I do have a feeling, I just sensed it in my bones that this potato salad did contain raisins. So maybe <laughs> it was for the best that it got terminated when it did. <laughs> it just, I just had a, I don't know, there was a stirring in me. I was like, mm, I'm feeling the raisins, like Magneto with mat- metal. I was like, raisins? Um, at the same time, well, they're seeing this tragedy, Will Harper gets fat shamed by Amistad because <laughs> he has no filter. He's And he's like, I'm a wonder of modern science as a clone, but I still got a dad bod. Makes no sense. <laughs> and while he's uh, contemplating what his new superhero name might be, Bo Hunter security reaches out and says, job went sideways. We, we're gonna need some help. Meanwhile, the villains are trying to figure out what to do with this pile of sand. And Monsieur Mala says, just add water, bros. Once they do, this dust that is there starts mixing with the water, and it starts to grow. And very quickly, like a Chia pet, we see that this dust, that Harlan Matthews is actually Clayface, who we know in our show is named Matthew Hagen. So, um... Was it the was it the best use of the of like what sec naming? I don't know, but <laughs> once we now know that Clayface is back in the game, um, Will starts to explain everything that happened, what's going on, and much of the shock of everyone, they didn't realize that Clayface was being employed by Bow Hunter Security, mainly because Will said, you know what, he wanted to give a former criminal a chance, so. Back in our uh, triptych episode, I believe it was, when we were able to stop, when Robin and Batman, Robin and his Batman Incorporated group stopped um, the mind control effects that was happening on Clayface by Mad Hatter, they wanted, he wanted a chance at rehabilitation. So not only has he been seeing a therapist a psychiatr- and a psychiatrist, um, he was also talking to McGann because McGann knew about this because she was using her mental abilities to try and see if his request to be rehabilitated was actually genuine. And she kept that away from everybody else due to client-patient privileges. So now everybody is trying to figure out, do we help Clayface or do we just let him rock with the villains? And fortunately, because of individuals like McGann and Will, they shared that he really is just a guy who's fallen on hard times a lot. And the best way for him not to fall into those situations again is to get away from the people who want to use his powers for evil. So they decide that they should help, especially because Will states that Clayface actually has been a model employee this entire time. I don't know if he's employee of the month, but if he is, like, 
I feel like the fact that you beat out two other versions of your boss, that's like, that's high stakes. Yeah, and I also, like, and before I say he's using his powers for evil, he's using them for the American government through Amanda Waller. So <laughs> it's all pretty a bunch on the up and up. <laughs> yeah, because uh looks like Clayface has been abducted so that he could join, so they can force him to join Task Force X, which Calderon also reveals to the group is an organization that exists, which is, again, really quickly, a bunch of metacriminals doing missions sanctioned by the U.S. government, but not quite sanctioned by the U.S. government, if you get with Argrift. Um, and he also shares that the reason why they can't just reveal what Amanda is up to is because Amanda Waller knows every secret about the team. So out of mutual respect, they decided not to reveal the existence of the other through the ma- to the masses so that people can that way there's like, again, some mutual respect of what's going on. But they are worried about what will happen if they added a shapeshifter to a rank. So they decide that it's time to fight back the only way that they know how, which is to join Bow Hunter Security at the salary of $1. Okay, so a couple things here. First, I love that McGann was legally clear to lie mm-hmm. um, with that psychology stuff. That's her excuse. Psychology is great, but I'm just saying that's her excuse to lie. <laughs> um and yes, I think he could have afforded more than a dollar, but you know, most of the other his coworkers are pretty rich or well to do anyway. So I, I I respect him for doing it, like Mayor Bloomberg used to. <laughs> um so their goal is to, yeah, rescue Clayface before they get to prison. And I do like that Superboy in this is saying, like, yeah, we can't let this man freedom get jeopardized because once he gets in there we're not getting him out so forger agrees to larvis it and they go and lucas arrives like where did everybody go and they're like oh yeah man we can't trust you with no mission so we kind of left (laughs) and we see that the bioship is easily able to catch up to the manta flyer because it's just trying to go across the u.s this time and a flight from New York to Louisiana is normally three hours. So I, I think definitely had that beat clearly mm-hmm. with the bio ship. And after kind of encouraging the Manta flyer to land with some lasers, <laughs> um, Clayface's pod falls into the swamp. But now it's time to go head to head. Suicide Squad versus Bowhunter Security, not the team. And this is when Will gets his new superhero identity captain beer belly <laughs> <laughs> yeah in this amazing acted out battle again we did not see any animation of it but it was just as fun to to watch um captain beer belly versus captain boomerang and boomerang is obviously overconfident because he's saying you know i got all of this stuff you have a beer belly i have boomerangs i have skills you got nothing bro but will will always have not only that beer belly, but his favorite clipboard. Mm. So as the two go back and forth, Will takes the clipboard and flings it with the strength of Hercules at the head of Captain Boomerang and completely misses. But he follows up with a mean uppercut that knocks out Captain Boomerang. It was a distraction. Pakistan. <laughs> um... <laughs> exactly. So don't never, ever underestimate the clip power of the clipboard. 
And yeah, we got a bunch of great matchups. Rocket versus Tuppence holds Tuppence in the bubble. Artemis takes on Monsieur Mala for some reason. I Yeah, look, that was <laughs> I'm not questioning it, but <laughs> um, and of course, Black Manta versus Aquaman, father versus son, and Aquaman again going, I can't believe how did Waller make you a puppet? And he's like, You call me a puppet, but you dressing like a rent-a-cop? No respect for himself. And Aquaman says, I wear my dignity on the inside. And this conversation is so good that you forget even looking that it's just Kari Payton talking mm-hmm. in this whole conversation. <laughs> it's so good. And then Aquaman gets a victory and he reminds his dad, like, that helmet you wear, it offers less protection than you think, my dude. And at the conclusion of this battle, McGann had taken Clayface out of the swamp. And now Clayface is asked an important question that will change the rest of his life. Will he join the Justice League? And his answer is no. <laughs> um, and, you know, many people will wonder why. Why wouldn't you not want to join the Justice League? And it's really quick and easy. They don't pay. <laughs> yeah. He clearly states at the beginning of this episode that he wants to make enough money. He must make enough scratch. Um, you know, you got that typical gangster kind of dialogue there. My man's is broke and they wanted him to join the Justice League, but he said no. Um, he truly appreciates the chance that he was given with Bow Hunter security because clearly they are always on point. And that, I kid you not, is actually a line that he says in, the, in this episode. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. Um but now everybody is back. They're chilling. There are they Lucas still tries to take over the story, but Forger tells him that more people are coming, such as Roy and Jim. Clayface is coming. You don't want to make any of them hungry. So while Lucas is trying to figure out how like I guess his like shopping list, Will starts inquiring about that with the Wayne Tech and like should they go back on the job? And Roy and Jim are like, it's, it's, already, it's already got robbed once. Like, no one's going to try and steal it again, which Will has to remind them that criminals never stop. <laughs> like, what do you do to get back to work? But during this time, Roy, who's very upset with getting the job in the first place because he felt it was so boring, he gets a proposition here where Artemis comes up to him and suggests that if the job is too boring, then maybe he should rejoin the team because... You know, this is, uh, you know, she's been watching him grow over the last couple of years. It feels that he's better than when Nightwing had fired him in space. I'd hope so. <laughs> <laughs> like, there has to be some kind of character development. Pretty salty about that firing. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where we learn that Artemis is actually now in charge of the team and says that Nightwing may have kicked him off, but she doesn't have to report to anyone since she's in charge. And Roy immediately accepts. Uh, This is now like a turning point for him, it seems, definitely. So with the close of all this, with the Suicide Squad back in Bell Rev, um, Economos got called up. So that's where we got the one line from him. And my favorite also was Brick being like, nah, man, I ain't trying to mess with you. Don't rent the cops no more. Like, I'm shocked that in a world where we have the Justice League, the Outsiders, and the team, Rick is more scared about bow hunter security than anything else. Honestly, that's pretty fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are always on point. <laughs> uh, so here we close out. Raquel raises a toast to McGann and Connor for their new adventure. 
McGann shares that she truly appreciates everyone for the love and support that they've given to them over the past 10 years of the of their relationship and being friends. And we wrap up our episode with Connor noting that their friendship is the real prize. Oh, <laughs> it's nice and cheesy. And Forager concludes the story, concludes his narration by saying never the end. Mm. That'll encourage you once it gets canceled one more time. But and <laughs> in any case, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, this is they do leave some little tidbits at the end for us about voice acting. You know, they let us know that they usually do record together, which is very rare for mm-hmm. a voice acting studio. Um, so they're like, yeah, it was um it was a a challenge, but obviously they're ready and able to meet it. Uh they did fantastic um, you know, just with their voices alone. And it made us more excited for the next and final <laughs> chapter mm-hmm. of Young Justice question mark. Who knows? It might come back. <laughs> So while we continue to ponder if um, Earth-16 will actually be saved and we will get season five of Young Justice, uh, we leave you with this podcast from the Forgotten Entertainment family that you should be listening to the next time you're not listening to us. Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment Family. I swear I talk more in the episodes. Because we only have one episode here, uh, there's no reason for us to determine if there was any kind of whelmed or trot or any kind of one of those episodes. <laughs> but I guess we could ask the following questions. Because this is the first time that we've seen an animated series, at least personally for me, this is the first time I've ever seen an animated series um, do something like this, where they do like an audio play of an episode. Would you have liked to see this episode animated at any point in the future? I think it would work. Mm. I think it would work a lot. I think um, the the kind of thing that it doesn't have that I think people would want is, you know, some connection to the larger plot. And of course, Superboy and McGann going is larger, but something a little larger scope. So I think maybe a little bit added extra element uh, would be good to really round round it out. But I think it has some really good bones. I think even though Clayface and his redemption art came from a not great episode triptych, (laughs) it's uh, interesting to explore. The continued relationship between Suicide Squad and the team is interesting to explore. So yeah, there's there's some really great stuff, and if it feels like a fulfilling story, so yeah, I would I think I would like to see this animated. What do you think? Yeah, I there are some parts that I guess I can I'm indifferent about it because um there's some things I feel like didn't need to be animated like. I can see the fun of having Lucas Carr man in the grill and burning anything, everything. But like, do I want to see that because of the atrocities of food that he's making? No, <laughs> but I did love the fact that 
the dynamics that we see of you know not 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 only just the team and this going away party but in particular brick with the suicide squad was such a fun and unexpected team up for me that i would love to actually see that animated because it seemed like brick was almost in charge of everything that was happening here and i need to know how did that happen like what led to brick continuously coming after bowhunter security which i always gotta say bowhunter security needs more content out there because they are an amazing group of individuals who are always on point. I love it. So any Bowhunter security action that we see needs to be animated, hands down. Yeah, I do like that, this running joke of him <laughs> always getting the bested by Bowhunter security. That That is a really fun running thing they should keep doing. But the main reason why I would actually like to probably see this episode animated is... um. I'm I'm tr- I'm not entirely too clear. My memory isn't it's a little fuzzy right now, but like how season four started. But I know that it does start with Connor and McGann planning this trip already. Um, so we find out in season four that they head over to Mars to hold a ceremony, more of a religious ceremony on Mars to be with McGann's family. Um, and I've always in the back of my mind, always questioned whether or not they actually celebrated with their friends prior to their departure from Mars. So we kind of know stuff about season four, but it was always unclear if like they had, I'm assuming it's a lot like a destination wedding where it's like (laughs) maybe they had a smaller ceremony in New York and then they went to some place where they were able to have the more ceremony ceremony. Um, So it does show me that in this episode that they had, they did plan that out, which is nice. Um, and I would love to see that dynamic come about because it is cool to see that Connor and McGann's relationship um, was truly treasured by the entire team in this way and how it's grown over time, especially with the people that they started making friendships with in season three. Granted, not everybody could be there, like the core um, year zero group, as they were called, uh, the eight of them. But it was it would be nice to see if that like they had this. It's, this is like the filler episode I would want because... <laughs> You know, it's a lot happens in this episode that pulls at all of our heartstrings because of the fact we have this like almost um, finalizing moment for Connor and McGann. And we also got a bunch of bow hunted security with Brick, with the Suicide Squad. It feels like a true DC kind of animated episode that could plop itself into any um, production, whether it be like Justice League Unlimited, Young Justice, or even just like a random short that um, DC Nation has done in the past. So I would, that's one of the reasons why I would love to see this animated, but I think we can hold back on Snapper Car burning all of this food constantly. Yeah, we, we are here, we're not here for upsetting content, okay? Like, we want <laughs> some wholesome Young Justice. <laughs> um, so yeah, those are really just it. Um, in terms of comic book stuff, uh, there's not much I can, there's not much to share because this, again, it's just like, it's a little fun beat that they did to try to get some hype for season four, um, especially because during the COVID, there was an unsure status of what was going to happen with the show. Um, but something I did want to clear up about it was there, so, there was poss- a perceived continuity error. Um, so when Arsenal gets reinstated back to the team because Artemis says that she's the leader, she could do so. That comment is made on February 23rd. Uh, However, if you watch that finale episode of season three, 
We see that's actually February 24th, where is that convening of the Justice League, the team, the Outsiders, where Black Lightning is announced as the chair of the Justice League and Aquaman and Wonder Woman and McGann all stepped down from their leadership positions. However, it was never said who was going to lead the team then. Uh, this is going to be quick, quickly cleared up, so I will just say it right now. This all takes place one year later. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. um, because weddings take time, people. <laughs> like, it takes a hell of a lot of time to plan. Really? How would, <laughs> how would you know? <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, it takes a lot of time and a lot of money. I need a bow hunter security job after it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was it. That was just like something we just wanted to clear up. So we're going to be starting season four, which um, takes place one year later, Young Justice Phantoms. But is there anything that you actually, is there anything else you want to talk about for this episode in particular, Andrew? Uh, just a reminder that, uh, you know, this it's it's really nice to see the faces behind the voices um, mm-hmm. and to recognize the work and how much they put into each episode. So um, as of recording, I there's been no solid news of voice actors going on strike or anything and you know, like the writer, the writers and the actors before them. But um, if that does happen, you know, hopefully they can find a deal. But if that does happen and they're on strike, uh, just remember to not put voice actors lower than actors or think that their rights are any different. They do a lot for us. They brought some of our favorite characters to life and their work is important and has changed lives. If you've seen, whether you've seen any DC animated production, mm-hmm. um, Avatar The Last Airbender, which I can personally, you know, attest to having deep messages. Or if you're like a classic back in the day who liked, you know, DuckTales or something, you know, just remember what um, it's always a good reminder of that. These are real people behind the voices. It's not just shapeless, nameless people. So, yeah, just respect your voice actors. Learn who they are, and because I'm sure they'd appreciate getting a shout out from you. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. They are some amazing people who are very talented, um, especially because the amount of voices that they could pull out of nothing is always going to be astounding. Um, there's a lot you can learn from them, and there's a lot more that they can share for all of us, um, and especially the importance of hard work, dedication, and just having fun with your craft, honestly. All right, so that wraps up our episode here. Yes, uh, we'll be back next week with our Halloween special, uh, something to sink your teeth into. Uh, and then after that, we'll start back up with season four, Young Justice Phantoms. Uh, so check us out on our socials and our Patreon for more content. And in the meantime, take care of yourselves. And remember, if you want to be a better grill master than Snapper Car, there are four key rules that I personally have. One, be sure to have all your supplies ready ahead of time. Uh, two, have a bottle of water as well as your drink next to you at all times. You're in front of the heat, bro. Three, have a designated backup chef. You don't need to tell them that they're the backup chef, but if you need to take a break or anything, just tap them on the shoulder and tell them that they just got to get to work. And four, this is my favorite one of all that I've, I've been practicing more recently. Um, if you're using frozen patties, be sure to season it once you see the juices flowing. Do not season it before. Do not season it too far after. <laughs> after you season it, then you can flip it. Wisely said, and I was just going to add, if you're thinking about bringing potato salad with raisins to the cookout, 
either don't come or just buy some Oreos. Either <laughs> or. It's fine. Just don't bring that. Please don't bring that. The raisins. The raisins. Thanks again for listening. Yet Another DC Animated Podcast is a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. If you liked what you heard, leave a review and share us with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts and on social media at YADC Animated Pod.